Hello. Before we get started with today's episode, we just have a couple of announcements to make. So first on our list of things that are exciting that we want to talk to you about is the fact that even though next week is an off week, it is also Trans Day of Visibility. And so we will be releasing another episode of The Queer Blur, which is what you listened to last week with Harry Potter Too Fast Too Furious. This one will be about Hagrid and Madame Maxime on a camping trip because it's Trans Day of Visibility and what could be more precious of a way to celebrate than talking about trans queer lesbian camping i can't i can't think of literally anything else more appropriate and okay listen we definitely always need fluff with trans folks in it but i feel like especially we all need some fluff around this horrible self-quarantine time yes that is that is quite true second thing is that as we said in the last episode we're doing this fundraiser right now where we are both gathering and distributing funds for trans folks who have had their incomes impacted by quarantine and so you can donate or ask for funds anyone who asks for funds will be sent 10 bucks no questions asked you don't have to prove anything to us we trust you uh folks who donate get a handmade trans hogwarts postcard made by me which is very cute and fun they are super cute if you haven't seen them check out our instagram they are adorable thank you yeah there's info about it on all of our socials and i'll put links in the show notes for real this time i forgot last time and uh, so far we've raised $580 because you are all amazing. And currently we have 440 of those dollars still available. So please don't be shy. Ask for money if you need money. And also as of April 1st, we will be opening up those funds to all queer folks who have had their incomes impacted by the virus and this is going to be an ongoing thing so if we run out of donations to distribute and you request funds you will receive those funds as they become available but as of right now that's not an issue all right and then the last thing it's all trans all the time here in our intro today on trans day of visibility i will be doing a ask me anything on instagram all day and you can ask me questions you can tell me things you can request pictures of my dogs whatever you want uh, <laughs> let's hang out on instagram it's gonna be super fun okay thank you time all right um i would like to thank our newest patrons thank you so much to sam sarah emily and amy for becoming patrons uh, y'all are the 100 emoji. <laughs> yes. Truly. We also want to welcome back Chloe and Professor Threat. Uh, can I just say how meaningful it is that folks who have had 
financial situations that have made it so that they weren't able to support us for a while that it's like important and meaningful enough that when you're able you come back I felt very like like the Grinch like heart growing three sizes feeling (laughs) when when you folks came back like that's super special and wonderful so thank you so much that's really rad Lastly, we have two new reviews. So thank you to Chris Chacho and Riri Music for leaving us lovely reviews. Uh, You're both great, and we appreciate it. And with that. The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them they're wonderful and then come back to us otherwise you're going to be spoiled and that's your choice in this world gay people love puns i'm dead (laughs) we have to stop this podcast this book causes satanism what is left for us to rant about there is nothing straight about plum velvet (laughs) you shouldn't have been drinking when i said that (laughs) monocles are impractical but hot i don't for a second believe that she is a straight person i mean i'm definitely here for bisexual whenever mcgonagall let's talk about (laughs) harry potter Hello and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin Dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke Extraordinaire, Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about the second half of Chapter 10, The Marauder's Map, because holy fuck does so many things happen in this chapter. If you listened in last time, we talked about it for, I don't know, how however long the recording goes for. A long time. And we're going to talk even longer about this because so many things happen. Yep. Anyway. <clears throat> so, uh, armed with the Marauder's Map, and not anything else, Harry sneaks into Hogsmeade's via Honeydukes and meets up with Ron and Hermione. Uh, they all go to three, the Three Broomsticks, the local child-friendly pub question mark (laughs) um while there the gang overhears a shit ton of exposition from three of their professors and cornelius fudge about how serious was james potter's bff and how serious betrayed the potters quote-unquote and murdered also finger quotation marks peter pettigrew yes all right and we start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Sirius's black secret. Twelve years after the fall of Voldemort, the public finally learns the truth about that fateful Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we turn to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of this newspaper. Jesse, kick us off. Um... I don't remember which part of the chapter this is in, but I would really like candy that flosses my teeth. That's all I got to say. Buy me a case of it. Interesting. (laughs) I feel a little, like, torn on the subject of tooth flossing string mints. Because part of me is like, 
that sounds like a, a lot, like tactilely in my mouth. But also part of it is like, yeah, that sounds great. Great way to have better oral hygiene. Yeah, I'm really not a fan of the sensation of flossing, but I am fine if someone else is doing it, like my dentist. So I'm like, if I could just like, I really probably just need a water pick, but if I could just like eat a thing and it just floss my teeth and I'm like, cool, solid. All right. So. I'm convinced. <laughs> uh, my first one also is about candy which is that i finally found a witch candy that i want which is Drupal's best blowing gum because that sounds awesome it fills the room with beautiful bubbles that i assume are not sticky yeah i would hope not and they don't pop like it just sounds great it sounds really dreamy i'm into it it sounds like a lot of fun um yeah like the whole i guess maybe we could talk about the whole honey dukes thing but yeah um it actually is further down for me but it's sort of like the scene in the 70s Willy wonka movie at the beginning where like there's like the candy man and it's like beautiful like old-fashioned candy shop and poor charlie's like outside because he's too poor to buy candy and i feel like in my brain honey dukes looks like the candy shop from the beginning of Willy wonka and it just seems, which already seems very magical. Um, yeah. And so I'm just very endeared by Honey Dukes and like just imagining that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like there's a lot of um, inoffensive candy there too, right? Some things to ease your troubled mind about the gross witching candy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I also appreciate how, it must be pretty affordable because Ron is not stressing out about money about buying candy. So True. Which I'm like, good job. Because candy yeah. can be fucking expensive. <laughs> I feel like now I'm thinking it's probably like the the like wall of bulk candy at Ikea, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Ikea has like the sourest sour candy that has ever existed. And, like, half the time that I'm like, we need a thing from Ikea, what I really mean is I want some candy. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, the only candy that I eat. Uh, And, you know, I sugar treats me very poorly, so I'm, like, very careful to be like, I will only get as much candy as I can reasonably eat in one day and, like, not make myself too sick. And it's always, like, $1.97 for, like honestly way more candy than any other candy would cost only a dollar 97 i'm like yeah this is great I'm just like two literal dollar bills like if, if i paid with a credit card they would get charged more for the credit card <laughs> processing fee than i do for my candy now i'm just imagining magical ikea uh it's like the the like raspberry something or other for anybody who's wondering what the sour candy is it's shaped like a bottle and it's like oh i've seen those pucker or something but um they're extremely sour yeah i don't really like sour candy so it's the only candy i like <laughs> always has been used uh, so many warheads and then spit them out before they got completely sweet <laughs> i feel like this is reflective of our personalities a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i agree uh, we are the Sour Patch Kids of 
podcasting. Oh, we are. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, God. Great. Someone make a meme about that. That seems very memeable. (laughs) I feel very honored that I get to be the sour. (laughs) I mean, sour and sweet is an excellent, excellent pairing. Yeah. So. All right. What do you know next? <laughs> I think it's your turn. I just think it's it's such a sweet moment when Harry like sort of wanders up and like Ron and Hermione are like, we gotta get some candy to cheer Harry up. Like, what kind? And I mean, looking at the weirdest shit, which is like, okay, but it's just very sweet. They're like, we gotta find something really special to like cheer Harry up with. Yeah. And I'm just like, it just is really. It's a really nice little bit. I'm like, yeah, oh. I think we must have. We must have talked in the last episode too, because they're like such good friends to him this whole chapter. Yeah, they're just they're they've just been consistently very sweet friends to him this whole chapter. It's really nice. But uh friends don't buy their friends blood flavored popsicles, just for the record. Or chocolate covered insects. So. Uh no, friends do buy their friends that <laughs> That's fair. In in the Muggle world. Like chocolate covered crickets and stuff like that is totally a thing that people are like let's eat this weird thing together oh yeah there's a like candy and nut store in eastern market that sells like candy covered in like candied insects and i'm like all right what i don't know who's buying this but all right you know uh like eating eating more bugs would have an enormous impact on climate change yeah i've 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 seen a lot of the stuff. We all need to eat more bugs. I've eaten some some bugs. I feel like someone makes like cricket flour, which I think I would eat over maybe the visual of like a cricket. But I also like lobster. That's basically a giant sea bug. So like maybe it's all about the branding. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's that sounds right. Also, can I just tell you about how why I came to have eaten mealworms, which is that in I think fourth grade as a science project we like raised mealworms and then at the end of the project they just like roasted these bugs that we had spent like an entire semester raising and then fed them to us wow (laughs) oh god what 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 were you what were y'all supposed to learn from that I I don't I don't know don't get attached to your food. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get attached to a mealworm, but it still felt very like, what, what was the purpose? I don't know. But they taste like popcorn, for the record. Protein popcorn. That's great. I mean, I would eat, probably eat them. They're texturally similar to popcorn, too. So exoskeletons and all that. <laughs> anyway... Oh, I feel like we've, like, lost some listeners at this point. (laughs) I have to go. Don't talk about eating bugs. (sighs) Cool. I want to talk about Mobiliarbus as a spell. Okay. The spell that literally means move a tree. That's, That's what that means. Why? A. A of all. Why is there a move a tree spell? B. 
what other uses does it have besides levitating a Christmas tree and moving it in front of your table? You know, I actually had this in editorial because I have a couple of theories about that. Do you want to wait till the end? Or do you want no, to we can do it right now. You can just okay. cut it in there. So uh, Wait, but the, my last question is, can you add any noun in Latin after mobili and move the thing? Hmm. Okay. So, uh, I'm actually going to maybe end up moving backwards because a big part of me thinks that Hermione just invented that spell. Ooh. Because, again, right. Why would you need that spell except if you're moving a Christmas tree and it, like... And it, and it just, like, the way that it's just, like, literally moved tree in Latin makes me think that it's something that she just, like, created. Especially because she knows Wingardia Leviosa, which is right. what logically you would use to move the tree. Yeah. So. I'm into it. Um, and so the, my other thought was that, like, the only other things that you would ever need that is if it was, like, if there are weirdly specific Christmas spells or if, like, groundskeeping spells. Because I'm like, when are you moving trees? <laughs> Like, you have Christmas trees, and you have, like, you're in the timber industry, which, like... Or landscaping. Or landscaping, which, again, in the witching world, who the fuck knows who's doing any of the creating building material stuff question, you know, so... Muggles, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a whole different conversation, I feel like. Uh, Yeah. So do you think that that functionally you can use the mobile mobile uh prefix and then just throw in any noun in latin and move a thing i think i mean i think as long as the latin word exists because i feel like that's hermione is showing us this exact that this tracks basically i'm into it that's cool yeah it's actually interesting about like how the logistics of that works exactly but like you can't create spells right i guess if you're powerful enough clever enough the fuck fuck if i know i don't know how this works whenever it's convenient for the plot i guess (laughs) yes but we do see that like it's like snape is like trying a bunch of different words before he gets it in which case like has hermione just been like hanging out somewhere being like testing it on like some potted trees or whatever or like maybe like various things like in her dorm room or something oh my god or for crookshanks magically moving crookshanks around (laughs) crookshanks is a huge cat so i really couldn't blame her for that that's true large cats are very unwieldy to carry around which she always is somehow so like yeah I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of what the like Latinized version of Crookshanks would be. I mean, I guess it'd just be Latin for cat, as I was what I would assume. Oh, okay. So you wouldn't use like the proper noun. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Anyway, Hermione is a genius, and we should all bow to her brilliance. Yes, that's that's accurate. <laughs> actually, uh, speaking of. Hermione Mm -hmm. I just want to point out in this chapter that 
Hermione is right both about how Sirius is getting into the castle and the map. Yep. Thinking it's funny to draw him out of the castle. And it's like, Noah's listening to her, but she, she, she's nailing this before however many chapters until we get to the reveal. And yep. it's like, just always listen to her, you guys. Like, I don't know what the fuck Ron and Harry are doing. It's like, she's always right. <laughs> or she's more often right than wrong. So like. Totally. So, okay, can we talk about that? Because um, it's like, obviously, she is correct. Like, that is how Sirius is getting in and out. And, you know, that he might know about the map or, like, whatever. Uh, but I don't... I'm torn on the, like... Cause she's, like, turned the map into McGonagall. And I guess the part of me that, like is still a 13-year-old, you know, bad kid, is, like, I don't think she's right about that part. As an adult, I'm like, yeah, probably. But also, I'm like, but don't, that's too cool to it's, turn it is, in. it is too useful for yeah. just to hand over to McGonagall. Yeah. So. Because they would never get it back. Right. And it's like, you can't. Not, cause, especially because there's literally no alternative to having this map. It's like, oh no. Right. So, so that's why my note was like, Hermione is right, but also not. Like, I don't I don't know what, what the solution is to this particular uh, issue. Hermione's heart is in the right place. And I think that she's using the evidence that she has access to to be like, this is probably a dark object. We probably shouldn't have it. Even though... I don't want to say you can kind of... I don't want to say this. It's like Hermione is using like fact-based logic to sort of infer that this is a potentially dark object with a very serious implications. And I think that's what she's focusing on and not the fact that this is really fucking useful to have. Right. So. And I think that's just... I feel like uh, maybe part of Hermione's arc in this book is that she is going through some stuff and is I mean yeah I guess that she's just sort of like she's super stressed out and she's just she's like maybe isn't as good as processing her like her own empathy or like her feelings and so she's just relying on like what she knows which is like physical and and you know hard evidence hmm. of what she knows of the magical world so if that makes sense yeah I think so I think so which I mean honestly and I feel like with the map specifically, it's like, so we have three out of three, three out of seven Weasley kids who are like, oh, dad always says to never trust anything you can't see its brain. And then three of us are like, this seems fine. This yeah. magical object. Yeah. <laughs> so like. <laughs> Four. Four now, right? With Ron. With Ron, you're right. Yeah. $20 says that Percy's the only one who's ever listened to that rule. Oh, yeah, definitely. Charlie and Bill did not give a fuck about that rule. They both would. I, I don't know what Bill would have done with the map. Charlie would have used the map. For sure. Yeah. Bill probably just wanted to, like, would have used it to, like, hook up. I feel like Bill was doing a lot of hooking up. Oh, I'm sure. At Hogwarts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in my in my in my brain he was like a little bit like you know 
like the twins where it's like a little bit troublemaking but like really like super charming and like people were just like oh bill ah. you know well i mean because bill was head boy so probably was, not so- too much trouble or at least the troublemaking was like very on the down low yeah 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 i, I feel like it would it wouldn't be as blatant as the twins Right. And especially because, like, I mean, as the eldest child, I'm sure, sort of, like, you have to be a good example for your siblings, blah blah But, like, I mean, you don't just, like, run a continent away and, like, develop this. I mean, maybe, I mean, his look, obviously, outside of, like, but he's not, like, he's not, like, Percy. He's, like, you know what? I did the thing. I'm great. I'm going to do all this cool shit. Wear my, wear my hair long. I had this earring. Yeah. Anyway, Bill Weezy's a babe, and such a that's babe. Just <laughs> when we get to the chapter where we meet him, it's just gonna be like out of control. Swooning, <laughs> definitely. Oh, I yeah. can't wait. It's funny, you know. There, I I actually think it was an incomplete list, but I saw something a tweet or a Tumblr post or something where. Someone was like, here's a complete list of every time Harry describes someone as physically attractive in the series. And it's like all boys um, <laughs> and floor. And I, but I feel like Bill wasn't on the list, but he definitely describes Bill as being attractive. Like, I feel like Harry is a much better litmus for us as readers of like what boy characters or at least like mask uh, appearing characters because we aren't sure where we land on Bill's gender identity are are pretty versus any um, femme identifying characters. It's like, I saw, I think maybe these were together. I don't think it's the same thing, but like another one where it was like, here are all the ways that Harry describes Draco. And it's like, you know, glittering gray eyes and like, you know, shining blonde hair and whatever. And it was like, here's how Harry describes Ginny. Red <laughs> hair. Like, that's it. <laughs> red hair. <laughs> uh, it, like, it, like, it really is just... It's kind of like, what did, like... It's like, J.K. I just R. remembered, like, the the one other time that he gives us, like, a deep description of Ginny is when he's talking about the color of her eyes in which he immediately compares them to her mother's eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Awkward sauce. I mean, oh. you know, as, yeah, I just feel like the, the, the shoehorned heterosexuality in this book is real, real bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, Kind of like the author of of The Outsiders being like, no, they're not all gay for each other. Or it's like... No, they tell their favorite. I'm so sorry that you don't know. <laughs> like, that's so strange that you have failed to realize this, but, like, these characters are all gay for each other. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, that's a great book. It is a really good book. I should reread that, actually. It's been a really long time anyway yes, yes. The, i don't the, know the three broomsticks maybe yeah uh sure yes my next one is about a 
queer Madame Rosmerta and her glittery turquoise high heels, actually. I have it in all caps, sparkly turquoise heels, because how amazing, like what, what, just how adorably femme is Madame Rosemorta, like sparkly turquoise heels. She is tending bar and serving food in sparkly turquoise heels. That yes. is perfection. She, that is like. She is. She's perfect. I love her. I'm, you know, me and Ron are having the same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Rosemorta doesn't own anything but incredible heels. Maybe like a pair of like heeled boots, but like that's, that's all she owns. Definitely. Yeah, she has, because it gets cold there, so she definitely has some, like, fur, fur-topped, like, you know, heeled, heeled boots. I feel like her, her footwear is very, like, Lorelai Gilmore, uh, you know? Sure. No. I don't, she I've never watched the Gilmore Girls, but wow, I mean, good I've, job. I mean, I've seen Femmes in the Midwest, so I, I can, I can imagine what kind of boots. <laughs> <laughs> They're in New England, just for the record. It gets cold but... in New England. <laughs> it gets snowed. It gets very cold in New England. Um, <sighs> yes. Anyway, Madame Rosmerta is is just just really good. So, yeah, we definitely see what's what Sprout is. Uh, I mean, not Sprout. Uh, what Madame? What what Hooch is? Uh, what Hooch season? <laughs> They're such a perfect couple. Oh my god. I can't wait for I can't wait for us to write to write a fan fiction about that. I know, me too. <laughs> we both had the sparkly. You're just like, <laughs> glazed over. Like, <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely leaving that long ass silence in the recording. <laughs> Maybe I'll put some like light daydreamy music. Oh my god, some it. like twinkly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we are we are very uh, pro femme here at the Gaylord Prophet. So, yep. If you if that hasn't been made clear, <laughs> imagine someone not having realized that. <laughs> I want to talk about Flitwick and his Shirley Temple and how fucking precious it is. That is also my next note. <laughs> We got. I mean, I guess this hive mind isn't really like is very understandable because we get so much information about characters we don't have enough information for that it's like I'm just like Flitwick is so great. I'm just like the fact that she says when she sets it down, she's describing the drink and she says and umbrella means that he specifically ordered it with an umbrella. It's so it's so it's so good. It's so gay. Like it's so great. Yeah, yes. it's like it's like you don't realize that Fluke is a dandy until probably this chapter. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we really we really got like such good information about these characters from what they drink, which really is like a creative writing 101 kind of thing where it's like you know here's a list of ways that you can like deepen your characters with like little things and it's like this actually like really really works and i think what really works about it is that at least for me and i think probably a fuck ton of other harry potter fans is that 
I am hungry for so much more information about all of the supporting characters. And we all, and there are people we only get like just bits and pieces of. And I feel like, like Flitwick and McGonagall are two of those people. Mm-hmm. So it's really great to get like hilarious Dandy Flitwick and then whatever the fuck McGonagall's drinking that maybe is or is not alcoholic. I feel like it's not. I feel like it's not either, which. It's probably some like health drink, you know? Yeah, I, I guess. I think I assumed it was mineral water. Yeah. <laughs> like Basically. some kind of like, like McGonagall's like, I'm on the clock. I have to, you know, watch all these fucking kids. So I'll just have a mineral water. Yeah. And a, and a scotch later when she's off the clock. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah, Flitwick also isn't having alcohol. So maybe both of them are like, you know, they're heads of houses. They can't, not while they're you know, basically supervising all these kids. I don't know. I feel like with Flitwick's order, I think that he just probably gets to drink a lot. Like, yeah. if he like if he does drink, I think he still orders this ridiculous drink. And I love yeah. it. Yeah. No, I'm into it for sure. So. I feel like I was just reading about, like, some 10-year-old boy who has, like, a Instagram or something where he goes to different restaurants and rates their Shirley Temple's. Which is, I know, incredibly precious. That's too cute. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. I know. I should go follow that kid. <laughs> Sounds great. I gotta figure out what platform they were on, but I was like, holy shit, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, that's, what, that's what the internet is for, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of the internet. Is so I mean, that we can watch children rate non-alcoholic beverages. I mean, I too want to know where I can get a good Shirley Temple. So, even though I would just have fizzy water and gun indeed. Anyway, um, whatever, whatever your next thing is. Oh, so my next one's sad, which is just um, so it's like really clear from this chapter that Hagrid has been beating herself up about her last interaction with Sirius for twelve years. Like this, it seems like this is something that like keeps her up at night, and. I don't know. It just hurts me, I guess. It just, like, makes me feel so sad. Yeah. Um, my next thing is less sad. Which is that the... Jeez. Oh, how do how are we going to pronounce this? The... Aurors. No, the Fidelius no. charm. Fidelius? Fidelius. That sounds Fidelius. great. Let's go with that. Um, the Fidelius charm is fucking cool. Uh huh. That's all I want to say. It's it's that's just really cool. Like, yes, let's hide secrets inside people's souls. Cool. All right. Yeah. I don't know. That's. It is cool. It's it's just very it's very extra, and I love it. I'm just like, not just like in a magical lockbox, but like in your like. So can I? Sorry. Can I just so um. So they were gonna use. Do we know Pettigrew's birthday? I don't know. Uh, if you give me a second, I can look it up in the lexicon. Yeah, can you look it up for me? I now have it in my browser toolbar because I reference it so much now. <laughs> uh, we don't have a birth date for him, it looks like. Bummer. Okay. Well, so 
here's the thing though is that they were considering hiding the secret with Sirius who is a Scorpio who are the best secret keepers of the Zodiac and they changed their minds and went with someone else and just like from a very basic character standpoint that was a very bad idea that like definitely if you have to choose a sign to keep uh, your secret Scorpio is the one so that's all I wish that I knew I wish that I knew what what pedigree is what, what, what would be your best guess if we're going just based on like what signs are the worst at keeping secrets it's Gemini and Sagittarius but I Oh, Gemini would be good, right? He's he's definitely like two faced, and yeah. <laughs> Hashtag not all Gemini's. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah. I feel like I'm having a hard time because like I really love most of the Gemini's that I know, and so it's like hard for me to like think about like think about what a negative manifestation of Gemini would be. But I feel like Pettigrew probably could be that anyway uh speaking of astrology and sagittarius being (laughs) secret keepers hagrid is serving big sagittarius energy with this having told the whole pub about the about sirius breaking into the school i've definitely done stuff like this both sober and drunk, so I definitely feel haggard in the scene. It's like, girl, I know, it's okay. <laughs> Sometimes you get loud because you just have so many feelings, uh-huh. and then you don't realize you're loud, and everyone's like, please tone it down. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, def- I, I, I know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah, and like, honestly, it probably didn't even occur to her that it was like something that should be kept quiet until like later that night when she was going to bed, when she was like, ooh, ooh. I wonder if that was maybe something that Dumbledore would have preferred me not tell everyone. I will say, though, that I have very complicated feelings about the Prisoner of Azkaban movie in general. But the one thing that made sense that they changed in the movie is to have them in a separate ass room, which is where they should have been in the first place. Having this very sensitive conversation just in the middle of the fucking pub full of students right they're like we're talking quietly it's fine (laughs) did anyone check behind the goddamn christmas tree no (laughs) no no and it's like also y'all are watching hager drink like a half gallon of mead go to go to go to a private room i know rose murda has a back room that's the gay bar on the weekends like just you know for the record, though, half a gallon of mead for a 12-foot-tall person is one mead for us. That's true. I actually I actually do have that. It's probably really hard for someone who's a half-giant to catch a buzz. Totally. You'd have to drink. I mean, it luckily, would... there's, like, refilling charms, so hopefully she's not, like, paying for all of that <laughs> In mead. Volume. Yeah. I mean, it's like I think, an accessibility issue. I think considering that Hagrid lives 
basically near Hogsmeade all year round. Like, I'm sure that everyone knows her, so. Yeah. The part where Fudge is describing how Sirius just seems very, I don't want to say sane, but very lucid and he's like can i have the newspaper because i missed the crossword puzzle is like string of crying emojis because it's like he probably does because it's not only this terrible nightmare prison he's probably really bored and maybe so he does bored. and maybe he does like doing the crossword puzzle and just think of young serious black doing the crossword puzzles in the newspaper is fucking adorable and i feel a lot of feelings about that yeah oh my god azkaban is such a nightmare. Okay, so my last front page, which we've been recording for 45 minutes. There's a lot of off-tangent. I was going to take some Adderall before we started recording, and I'm like, it's too late for that. And so this is what everyone, this is what we get <laughs> today. I, I mean, it's great. We're doing great. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> so apparently in this book, Aurors are called Hit Wizards. Which just makes them sound like they're snipers. I actually assume that there's that that's two different positions. I assume that they are both hit wizards and are Aurora. Wait, how are we pronouncing this? The movie says Aurora, and I find Aurora. that impossible to get out of my mouth, so I say Aurora. Aurora, yeah. You can, I think, you can say it however you want. So I, I think that hit wizards and Aurora's are different. I also have a sneaking suspicion that... Maybe that's what Sirius and maybe James and Lily were doing during the war, which was being hit wizards. Because, again, why are they coming up? Why are James and Lily coming up against Voldemort three times if they're not, like, actively out in the world, like, I don't know, trying to murder or slash capture Death Eaters? So, I mean, it, it seemed like a time they just, you know, everyone gets a, you know junior police badge and it's like here here you go yeah just deputizing people De- it seems, which seems like a thing the ministry would do totally interesting <laughs> you, have a, you have some decent enough newts <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right all right i'll accept it all right what is your last one uh just the lol sob of fudge being right about how very quickly Voldemort would rise once his most faithful servant returns to his side. Which is like, and that's on you, bro. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it really is. Yeah. It's like, you say this now, and then it happens. And he's like, no, 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 it didn't happen. No, 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 it's, everything's fine. I'm like. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, politicians, you know. Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. I feel like I just want to continue talking about fucking how awful Azkaban. Yeah, go for it. This is literally the most, it's the most inhumane thing we see in these books. And Mm -hmm. a lot of fucked up shit happened in these books, but Azkaban is hands down the most inhumane thing that that is happening. I mean, I, I like... And then, like, it makes sense that everyone's like, how the fuck did Sirius get out of this? Because it's like, I'm still like, okay, even with your explanation at the end of the book, I'm like, but dude, like, you still, like, had, like, the worst depressive episode for 12 years. 
Yeah, it's wild because it, it, it doesn't sound like they have like anything to do in their cells, the prisoners, which IRL, if you're put in solitary confinement and aren't given anything to do, like people start losing their sanity like very, very quickly in that circumstance and so then to like have the added thing of the dementors i honestly think that the depiction of the horrors of azkaban that we get in the books is is insufficient to how horrible azkaban actually is yeah yeah and yeah and right, and so we see, and like, you know, we definitely see sort of the effect that it has had on Sirius in the next couple of books. And I feel like, yeah, he should have so many more signs of PTSD. This is a super traumatic-ass thing to happen to you. On top of, like, your best friend's being murdered, and, like, you're in this nightmare prison, and you're totally innocent, and then, like, you're just all of these things. Um, maybe you're already a little bit prone to depression anyway and then it's just like or or some kind of other like mental health issue and then it's just like I also want to say like Fudge at one point says that he wishes he could say that that Sirius had gone mad and like that's just so fucked like 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 it sounds like the ministry is depending on people losing themselves in this terrible situation in order to control people who they consider to be criminals. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't want to say fails, but it's like, I mean, we see, like, Bellatrix later when she escapes, and she's been in Azkaban for a long ass time, too, and, like, I don't know what she's doing to keeping herself, co- I mean, coherent. Um, but, like, she's functional as a person which sounds like going into Azkaban should make you in, in, incapable of functioning as a person you know yeah I mean obviously Beltrix is, is not okay <laughs> she comes out right but when we see her trial it doesn't seem like she's that different before she goes in you know? oh yeah no I feel like she already was having some issues which maybe her own issues or just some shit being involved with whatever things her and Voldemort were into like I mean it's hard to say is it like is part of it the inbreeding is part (laughs) of it you know Sirius's mom seems like a fucking trip like who the fuck knows how the black sisters were growing up I mean Andromeda and Narcissa as far as we know, seem all right, but I don't know. Right. All right, quote unquote. Very stable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like in Buffy where dark magic is like drugs. Maybe whatever shit Beltrix was doing with Voldemort is just like, you know, it's like doing meth or something. Yeah. Wait, yeah. is that? I feel like I should probably phrase that differently. I don't know. I don't want to like make light of people who have drug addictions. Well, anyone who's seen Buffy knows that you're not making light of it. If any of you haven't watched Buffy and felt like that was making light of it, please understand that magic is dealt with as like a serious addiction issue in Buffy, for better or worse. Yeah. But yeah, uh, abolish Azkaban, throw it into the sea. 
I don't know, get rid of all the Dementors. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, they, they're like bed bugs. They don't like serve any, any ecological importance in the ecosystem. They're just parasites. Let's just throw some diatomaceous earth at them or whatever. Like, just. my God. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. That really tickled me, Jesse. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I want to maybe like stick with the Dementors because this situation where they're like patrolling Hogsmeade and like the people of Hogsmeade are basically like captive in their homes in the evenings and at night because the dementors are like out there you know presumably also like feeding on them because they have to eat someone's happiness uh it's just like really fucked it's really fucked and i don't know it definitely like pulled up for me like i um when i was living in New Orleans, like, doing volunteer work after Katrina. It was in 2007, so two years after uh, the hurricane. New Orleans was still under, like, military police control. Oh, no. Yeah, and, like, at that point, they didn't really have anything to do, and so they would just, like, race around the city in their, like, Humvees and, like, basically harass people and like it was really bad and that's sort of like that's what I imagine having the Dementors in Hogsmeade is like is that they're basically just like joyriding and like taking advantage of the people who live in Hogsmeade who have like no say or agency about them being there and it is just really horrible and it is really it's really terrible especially because it seems like it seems like maybe that like the patronus charm is a sort of uh not very commonly used or taught thing which is so like so so like you're trapped in your home and you're like under this like literally like cloud of oppression and depression and you can't even like guard against that. Right. Cause you haven't been taught it because Hogwarts is the worst. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just terrible. It's one of those things where it's like just because you can use this to treat the situation doesn't mean that you should, you know? Yeah. Like find find another way to keep Hogsmeade safe. Well, I mean, uh, I, for one thing, an increased police presence never keeps anyone safe, but... (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Ah, jeez. Yeah. Especially when your, uh, your police get hungry for human happiness and have to go, like, invade school children's Quidditch matches so that they can eat the joy and to be honest, I feel like cops do this anyway, because there are like cops in inner city schools, and I'm like, 
I know y'all get off on this shit totally. in a way that's like fucked up. Or like, I don't know, every terrible person who's still working for ICE at the border, I'm like, y'all might as well be Dementors, to be perfectly honest. Like, totally. Yeah. It was a very apt analogy. <sighs> yeah, what's next in, in politics? Uh, I just have uh, an offhanded uh, political point about Ron has an offhanded comment about Fred being whooped with a broomstick, which is fucked up. So fucked up. I mean, just some just just some casual child abuse. That's all. That's that's not great. Nope. That. Yep. I just wanted to point that one out. Yeah. Um. In the same sort of vein of like our ongoing low grade political grossness of Harry Potter this Dudley's not even here and we get a description of what his piggy face would look like if he saw the candy shop I'm so angry it's very angering and also this is literally every child's dream is to be in a fantastic magical candy shop right like I mean, Harry, what look do you think you have on your face? Like, what what distinguishes the look that you have on currently from the look that Dudley would be wearing? Um, because uh, Harry is heroin chic in these books because he isn't eat enough. So. <laughs> yes, you're correct that Harry is heroin chic. I don't know where we just, we can't fucking get away from it even when he's not actively in the book. Just let fat people live and... <sighs> want to enjoy a fuck ton of medical candy yeah <sighs> little witch nsa watch uh where we get this mention of them wiping all of the muggles memories after the incident with Pettigrew and sirius i don't know i just want to reiterate that's super fucking unethical like you can't do that and like who's to say that like i don't know it doesn't still affect you. Like, just because they were racer memories, like, what if those people have, like, weird triggers now and they, like, don't know why? That, like, a sound or a noise or a smell sets them off and they have no idea. Right. Like, it's not like the witching world cares. Right. Like, they're not going to follow up. They'd be like, all right, you don't remember that shit. Here you go. Yeah. Back to your happy like muggle that, life. That, um, like, Twilight anesthetic that they use in hospitals where it's like you're awake and you can like talk and whatever and experience all of the things that you're experiencing but then like you go to sleep and you just forget that all of it ever happened and it's like your your body didn't forget that that happened you know like all of the trauma is still there you just don't have access to the memories and i think that's incredibly fucked up yeah yeah i think they maybe used to give that to women who would give birth to so you would just like wake up and have this baby but like you still have physically given birth. Is really? Can I fact check that? Because it it definitely yeah. happened. In, it happened in Mad Men, and I thought that I read that that was a real thing. What would you call Twilight something? Twilight anesthesia. Uh, Versed. That's the actual drug name. Wikipedia, please let me know. Oh yeah, it was. At least used in Germany uh, as an early for women who were giving birth. 
Like instead of epidurals? I mean, it does not cause pain. That was very off topic, but yeah, uh, I I feel like just obliterating people doesn't I mean they totally forget because the body remembers things that the brain doesn't. So totally. like, yeah, yep. Anyway, also, also very off topic. Did you know that you're like still technically like somewhat conscious just in like a weird hypnotic state when you're under actual anesthesia and they should really make everyone like wear earplugs or like headphones with music when they're getting operations because people have been accidentally hypnotized into thinking like very fucked up things that are just because of like what they're like like the surgical team is talking about while they're being operated on it's, that is horrifying. It is horrifying and bizarre and brains are weird and cool and also excuse you. And also if you have to have surgery you should definitely listen to music while you are having surgery and you should read the article that I'm going to put in our show notes about this whole situation. It's bizarre. Welcome to editorials. Oh my Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. Rant about stuff. <laughs> Rufio also wants to rant about stuff. He's, yes, he needs to rant about the fact that his papa has returned to our home, but is not letting him out of the room yet. Because he's in the bathroom. I mean, how how dare Evan be in the bathroom and not catering to Rufio's every need? I agree. <laughs> also, apparently... From 1915 up until the 70s, obstetricians were giving women the option of giving birth with twilight sleep. Interesting. My mom was on morphine when she gave birth to me. Apparently, morphine is one of the mixes in there. Uh, First thing that happened when I was born is that I got a shot of Narcan so that I wouldn't be addicted to morphine. (laughs) Interesting. Yep. I didn't realize they had Narcan around for this long. Yeah, I guess so. Also, what? Okay, we're in editorials now, and I would like to start with our, uh, we are very claustrophobic. Watch, this tunnel makes me want to die. And the amount that it makes me want to die only increases as the characters in the book get taller, and the tunnel therefore gets smaller in the way that it's described. It's so upsetting. Uh, yeah. What, what feelings do you have about this tunnel? I wrote PANIC in all caps in my book. Uh, I don't like tunnels. Um, I would be immediately concerned this tunnel would collapse on me and I would be trapped because where the fuck even is this tunnel? Like, it's just, it's full of dirt. I'm like, dude, what? Yeah, and they the, the twins said that another one of the tunnels caved in. So it's clearly a real risk. Oh my god, and you are just like, you're just in, I'm, I, I don't know, we might have to move on, I might have a panic attack. Okay. You're just in there, you're just in there. Like, if you're in the middle, and something yeah, happens, yeah, like, yeah. no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then we had to end the recording, because we both just needed to go, like, breathe in a paper bag. <laughs> Voldemort is angry, because no one can find Harry Potter. <laughs> 
Oh, it's be a very, very a much shorter series. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter yeah. and the terrible tunnel collapse. Also, Harry doesn't take anything with him. He has a fucking invisibility cloak. He doesn't take any cash. He doesn't take. Sh- I'm like, what are you doing? You couldn't. You couldn't have waited like twenty minutes to like prepare for this mysterious tunnel like last time you went into a mysterious tunnel there was a big ass snake in there like what the fuck (laughs) it's true he's i know he's 13 13 and and he's sad he wants to go to hogsmeade and i get it yeah yeah i feel like harry could have a little bit more of the right anxiety which is the anxiety about not dying (laughs) yeah so which i don't know maybe that's what not having anxiety is like i don't know <laughs> you're not afraid of dying constantly is that what that feels like <laughs> i don't i don't know. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i can't help you with that please write into us if you don't have anxiety about what that feels like thank you <laughs> uh, i think it's your turn uh so my only point that we have not already previously discussed in the front page is what if Sirius had taken Harry that night? That, that like, like Sirius shows up, the house is destroyed. Harry's a little baby, freaking oh. out. And Sirius is just like, you know what? I already got this fucking motorcycle, dude. I'm just gonna, you know. <laughs> do what he fucking should have done, which is be like, excuse me, do you have a pensive? Please allow me to prove my innocence to you. It's like, yeah, so I'm actually Harry's godfather, and uh, Dumbledore is just some random guy, so I'm actually not going to let him take take this kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would have been better. Like, way better. And then he came and raised by Sirius and Lupin. Actually, there's definitely fanfic like that out there that I'm... I'm I am a ninety. I am hundred percent sure there's fanfic. Like oh, there's because there's a lot of that. Yeah. Because that's what we all want. <laughs> we yes. all wanted to have Harry to have grown up with his two dads. Yes. And that's just the world that we could have been. Yep. Oh, it's so tragic. Yeah. I know. And I bet Sirius does with that all the time. He does it because he's like, he's in a cell. He has no idea what happened to Harry after that night. Yeah. Uh, how is it possible that the Honeydukes owners don't know about the trapdoor in their basement? <laughs> that is very true. It's not disguised. <laughs> it's just a trapdoor. Maybe they're well I guess if they were sensible they would just lock the trap door because if there was a trap door in my business that went into a mysterious hole I'd be like you know what I wanted to know what's underneath there I'm just gonna put a lock on it push a crate on it and call it good yeah like I grew up in townhouses which uh similarly to the houses in uh like the lion the witch and the wardrobe You could go up in the attic and crawl along and drop down into someone else's house, right? They're all connected. Um, And so everyone just had, like, you know, closet insert things that, like, touched the ceiling so that someone couldn't just, like, come into your home through the trapdoor in the ceiling. So there's, like, 
put something heavy and immovable on the trapdoor in your basement if you don't know where the trapdoor goes, for sure. Also, I would type in that asshole crawling in the ceiling trying to get in people's homes just to see what their homes were like. See, that's exactly why you had to block off your <laughs> So you wouldn't keep find some random eight-year-old child digging through your shit? Being yeah. like, or like petting your dog, which is really what I would have been doing, honestly. Yeah. Is like, just hugging your cat. You're just like, where'd this child come from? <laughs> cat is great. Uh, yeah, I don't... This is a correction because it... Lee really should have like had that shit locked up. I know. I almost put it in correction. But I don't <laughs> know why I didn't. Um, next, ice mice make me want to die. Just for the record. Make your teeth chatter and squeak. Sounds like nails on a chalkboard inside my mouth. Also, they're shaped like mice, which I don't like. Because what if they like? The what if they like wiggle? Like, if, like, like, I don't know. That's they like fair. move. That also is horrible. Yeah, yeah. Nothing about ice mice sounds good. No, it, just you know, like nails on a chalkboard makes your teeth hurt, and then yeah. I imagine you like intentionally introducing that sensation literally onto your teeth, and I, I am, yeah. I'm just like deeply disturbed by the idea of of eating that candy. Yeah, it's just just eat something mint. It's that's fine. You don't have to make it like that right uh, okay but but then also are like vampires really buying blood pops so it's like i don't know maybe that's like something you buy a vampire if you're like courting them <laughs> i brought you this bouquet of blood pops yeah <laughs> uh, we don't get enough vampires in this book i feel like no just the one for a second. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing that honestly could have been a correction. It's a correction for us. So we've like ranted and ranted about how Harry should know that Sirius sold out his family. But apparently it was covered up. It was hushed up. The worst that he did is not widely known. And I need to know why. Oh, I assumed uh, his mom paid everyone off. That's what Lucius would would have done, and I think that considering she's also a terrible pureblood, it would just been like, here's a fucking here's a fucking crate of gold. We're not no one's saying shit. It's not good on his permanent record. It's like when every like parent of like a you know when a rich kid does something fucking awful, they're just like, yeah, interesting. Because if. Yeah, that makes sense. That's like honestly the that's the only thing that makes sense cuz right cuz it it's it seems like even the fact that like Pettigrew was like cornered him and Sirius killed him along with those muggles like the fact that he killed Pettigrew is like also has been hushed up. It's just the part about him blowing up the muggles that is widely known and I've just been like but why? And yeah, your explanation makes sense. And I mean, I know that he's like a strain from his like family at that point, but like, it definitely seems like if your house words are always pure, you care a fuck ton about the public image of your family name. You know? Yeah. But I mean, also, also plot, but I feel like you could also say 
Like, yeah, right. And I, I think it's more interesting to discuss it from a like in-world standpoint of like, why would this be hushed up? And and I can see how the the black family's attitude towards muggles would make it so that Sirius having murdered a wizard would be something worth hushing up but like him murdering 13 muggles is like yeah whatever yeah well i mean Sirius is right Sirius' brother was a literal death eater so like they clearly didn't care about that you know they were they were on that train um okay okay i want to have a very serious discussion about peter pettigrew Okay. Let's I have a do it. lot of feelings about the way that Pettigrew is written. Um, because it's so boring. Like, he's a bad guy, and so he's described as being a fat little kid who is not cool, who's not as smart as his friends, who's tagging along after them and sort of like tolerated by them. And his storyline is so much more interesting if he's just one of the marauders. Like, if he's just also beautiful and queer and cool and smart and then crosses over for whatever reason that we could learn. That, that honestly, the way he's written is like, well, maybe he went to fucking Voldemort because his friends were assholes to him for, like, a decade you know, mm. and just, like, put up with him. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm so, I'm so bored by it, and it makes me so angry, and it makes it, like, hard to think about the Marauders. You know what I mean? Where, like, thinking about, like, Kaylee saying, like, I'm, I hate bisexual erasure, but I'm fine with Peter erasure. Like, and that's because we can't think of how does he work? How does he function in this group? And the answer is that he doesn't, because, fucking jk rowling just like isn't creative enough to think of the fact that someone could go over to the dark side and have been their actual friend at one point and their equal at one point yeah and i mean like he gets equal billing in the marauders map like he is an anamaji which like and whatever like that takes even like that's a lot. That's a shit ton of work, you know? Yeah. Like, that takes a lot to do that. And I guess it's... And you're definitely right that a lot of it is just, like, lazy writing um, and, like, really uninteresting writing on JKR's part. Because, yeah, like, in order for it to make it work, like, he has to... He he was generally their friend, you know? Like, they were, like... Sirius is obviously much of a target. Peter, can you be our secret keeper? You know? Right. Like, you don't just ask someone you're, like, on the edge of your friend group to do that. Like, you do that for someone who, like, you were solid with. Right. You know? And, like, maybe, I don't know, like, maybe whatever the fuck Voldemort says to, like, seduce sad boys into, like, being on his side. Because, like, it's clearly working. Right. You know, I don't know. Like, whatever the fuck online insults do to get other followers. I think it's, to- I think it's, Peter doesn't have to be like this, like, weak, silly boy who's, like, only tolerated by the other marauders 
to have been seduced by Voldemort. It right. seems like a lot of people are seduced by Voldemort, you know? Totally. So. Yeah, and, and and we could we could have gotten an interesting backstory on him, you know? Maybe, like, something happened. Maybe they threatened his family. Maybe, like, you know, he was, all, like, I don't know, fucking power-hungry or, like, in love with Sirius and jealous that he was in a relationship with Lupin. You know, like, there could have been so many things that, like, and instead it's just, like, he's, he's a pushover. Like, he's a sniveling, rat-looking pushover who was, like, never good enough for his friends and isn't good enough for Voldemort and everyone just, like, he'll just do whatever, you know? And it's... It is weird because, like, that's what people say about him. But, like, in the text, he plays two pivotal roles in these books. Like, he is the one who betrays the Potters to Voldemort and gets all that moving. And he's the one who, who like, helps bring Voldemort back. Like, Voldemort, like, it might have been another, like, fucking 15 years. Harry might have been middle age before Voldemort had came back if Peter... If all this stuff hadn't, if Peter hadn't have gone back to him, you yeah, know? Yeah, totally. That's a lot, you know? For someone who's, like, supposed to just be, like, doing whatever, like, pushed around. It's like, he's doing a lot of heavy lifting in the background, y'all. Like, and, like, he is still, we can still say he's an odious character because, dude, what the fuck? But, like, I don't want to say he's making, like, he's, he's, he's making smart moves up until, I mean... Even like the way he dies is very strange, weird technicality. Like he might have survived the like the end of these books if it wasn't for like comeuppance from you know yeah. like basically. So yeah, love magic. How rich, basically. Vague love magic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I I feel like as we move forward and like talk more as we talk more about the Marauders, and it becomes relevant to sort of think about them with peter being a part of them i almost am interested in sort of like reconfiguring his character and being like no he is like smart and beautiful and like an equal peer with them in terms of the dynamic of their friend group instead of being their like tag along cheerleader which like is another thing that I think makes people read the Marauders as being real dickheads is because they have this friend that seems to only be there to like tell the other three how great they are and I don't think that is necessarily like congruent with the other character development like descriptions that we get of the other three Marauders and I don't know I I feel like maybe we should like as when it is relevant explore what it would have been like had we had peter written differently i feel this is like blowing my mind right now yeah like maybe he just really enthusiastically loved his friends you know yeah like sometimes you you cheer your friends on and you're just like i love you guys this is great everything you guys do is great this is perfect and like you know, maybe he just has a lot of unbridled enthusiasm for his friends. I mean, like, I mean, if he's a Gemini, people... <laughs> that's and I mean, fits. I feel like people people do talk shit about 
when you're like that kind of enthusiastic, you know, it, like the outside of social norm enthusiastic about like your friends, I feel like. Yeah, but I also feel like if if he was written differently, if he was written as being ju- another one of the Marauders, right? Yeah. Then we would be reading them as opposed to being like all in like a gay triad together. We would be reading Peter as part of that too, right? And it would be like a totally different dynamic. Mm-hmm. And honestly, just like, uh, yeah, more more interesting. Yeah, because so. I mean, because you know who else is chubby and awkward who we love? Fucking Neville. True. You know. Yeah. I also want to say, as someone who rats get a bad rap, I just want to say they are very resilient and they are also very cute and very clean animals, you guys. So, giving your your villainous character as a as a rat is is fucked up. It's, and I mean, again, you know, unoriginal, right? And boring rats are fucking adorable i wish i had a rat that lived 13 years that'd be so awesome yeah they, make they hang out with pets. you and you they were like soft you know yeah it does make ron's relationship with scabbers pretty weird unfortunately oh, so weird very very unfortunate but like ron still really liked his pet rat is all i'm saying pet, pet rats are cool so consider getting a pet rat if you have I don't know. Can't have cats or dogs. So. Yeah. Or in, on top of cats and dogs, you know, whatever you want to do. So. Yeah. Welcome to Advertisements, where we ask you for money and then make you laugh. Do you just talk about our Patreon as our sure. ad for for yeah. ourselves this week? Um, our Patreon's cool. We have cool stuff. We just, I uh, just this morning mailed out hand handmade Valentines to our top tier patrons. We, we send you stuff in the mail. Uh, some of our patrons currently are watching this very episode as a video because we do that for our $10 and up patrons once every other month. Also, we have a really great fan fiction on our Patreon. Uh, I also do a bi-monthly uh, link write-up where I talk about random things I'm interested in and then share it with you. They're really good. You also get bonus clips from almost every episode and random stuff. It's like, it's just like a really fun, it's a really fun community and you should check so, it out. So, you know, if you just like really would like more of us in your lives it's a great way to get that and support us at the same time so we can continue making this here free content um which will continue to be free because we love you all but uh if you want even more throw us a couple dollars a month yeah please we would appreciate it you'll (laughs) you'll benefit we'll benefit it'll all be a beautiful thing it's truly win-win Yes. All right. And our next advertisement is... Coming soon to a theater near you. In a world powered by magic, the monstrous guard the wicked. Azkaban is full of the most 
foul creatures on Earth, and no one has escaped its walls. Until now. Sirius Black is a mad dog, charged with betraying his friend and murdering 14 people. For years, he's rotted away at Azkaban, but now he's got a chance to finish what he started. He has one last trick up his sleeve, and he'll have to work like a dog to escape from Azkaban. <laughs> escape from Azkaban. Every dog has its day. <laughs> In fact, not coming to a theater to hear you as the witch NSA has already shut this project down. <laughs> that was great. That was really great. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, as you should be. Oh, jeez. Oh, my cheeks hurt. <laughs> welcome to health and science where we talk about things that are loosely related to health and or science let's talk about the geographical area around hogwarts and hogsmeade so considering that these two places both have hog in the name really would make you think that there would be more magical pigs or boars somewhere. And I'm thinking of this because, for example, here in Detroit, uh, we have a park, Belle Isle, that used to be called Hog Island because it used to be, surprise, full of pigs. (laughs) So, like, and, like, you know, and we know that, like, there are, like, winged boars at the gates of Hogwarts. Are there actually winged boars? I want to see them. Is that what they're, is that the bacon they're eating? Why can't you get a boar feather wand? Like just so many questions about why both hogs war and hogs mead. There should be more pigs in, in this world. That's what I'm trying to say. You're right. Yeah. More pigs. Anyway. <laughs> I don't, just, just give me an actual winged boar. I want to see that. We could have a funny when pigs fly joke. It's, it's right there. Really missed Missed the opportunity there. You're correct. My next thing is about butterbeer. Okay. This is our first mention of butterbeer. Very iconic drink. How alcoholic is butterbeer? I think it's like kombucha. That is like what I was thinking because I'm like, if it gets house elves drunk, but they're serving it to 13 year olds. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine butterbeer is like, maybe like a little more than kombucha. So it's like maybe like a fermented like ginger beer of some kind. Because the way it's described makes it sound like it's like ginger beer. (laughs) But like warm slash magical. Is it warm? Aren't they drinking it warm? I have no idea. Or did it say it's warming? Oh, right. Yeah. Which ginger is warming? Actually, uh... As I think every, as many Harry Potter fans have done, I actually have tried to recreate butterbeer. Both alcoholic and (laughs) non-alcoholic. What does that mean? Like how, what, how, do you ever get, do we get enough information about what it is for it to be recreated? No, a lot of, a lot of recipes involve actual butter. Um, I actually made butterscotch and when I made it, I like made homemade butterscotch with like, when I can eat cream and butter and mixed it with a homemade uh, ginger simple syrup and then mixed that with fizzy water. 
Um, and then to make it alcoholic, the alcoholic ones are always like get butter, butterscotch snaps, mm. which is foul. Or butterscotch <laughs> rum would probably yeah. be better. I just like infused the homemade butterscotch with vodka for like a couple of days and then poured it in. I feel like whiskey would be good in that too. Yeah. I feel like I made it for a like, maybe we we're going to go see one of the last Harry Potter movies, like me and like eight people. So I made it for a bunch of folks. Butterscotch um, makes so much sense to me. Yeah, there's definitely I've definitely seen a soda that like is like has a cauldron on it. It's just called butterscotch soda, but it's clearly butterbeer. Yeah. But they're just like, don't sue us, WB. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess compared to like pumpkin juice, butterbeer sounds much better to try to make because so like much better. Who out here is trying to make pumpkin juice? How do you even, like, pumpkins are so dry, just for the record. That's a dry-ass fruit. Yeah. I've seen a sweet potato juice, which I just keep being like, this is what U.S. witches drink, even though it sounds also awful. Why so does awful. it exist? How do you juice a sweet potato? Is it, do, have you looked at it? Is it, like, slurried sweet potato in water, or is it just, like, sweet No, it's a, juice? it's a, like, Dr. Nutson's drink so it looks like a juice it's just like an orange it's like the consistency of a regular juice right but it could still be like blended actual yeah. stuff that's then strained as opposed to like you run a sweet potato through a a juicer maybe i should try it for or just read the ingredients patreon <laughs> oh yeah if you would like to see me try sweet potato juice and record it please please let us know <laughs> Yeah. doing it for the gram i guess we're gonna get tiktok and then you're gonna do it for tiktok (laughs) right that's that's what the kids are on these days yeah once my (laughs) to-do list is less less long i'm gonna get us a tiktok but currently my to-do list just gets longer instead of getting shorter no matter how many things i take off of it which is very stressful (sighs) anyway uh do you have any other health and science no, that was it. Great. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. You can and should find us on the internet, on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Gaily Prophet. We now have a Tumblr, which is thegailyprophetpodcast.tumblr.com. And you can find us on our website, which is thegailyprophet.com, where you can find our comics, our merch, our episodes our episode art you can find anything you could possibly want to find including a way to write us a letter to the editor on our website you can also find us on patreon at patreon.com slash the gaily prophet uh yeah tell your friends about this podcast uh rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast that'd be real cool (laughs) we would appreciate it so much uh, you can find me on the internet in between episodes on Instagram at Lark Malachi or at Radical Healer, or you can find me on my website, which is LarkMalachi.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit or on Instagram at Live from Detroit. And the music in our episodes, regardless of what it is, unless it's clearly not, is by Kevin McLeod. And 
our comics and show art are by Theo Julian Forrester. And our spoiler warning was recorded by Sarah Sarwar. And until next time. Escape from Azkaban. Every dog has its day. Reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I was supposed to click the start video recording button. I actually was going to remind you. I'm like, oh, wait, we need to re-video recording this. Great, I'll put this at the end. <laughs> <laughs>